When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yeah, sad news with Matthew Perry over the weekend. Hope you had a good one, though. That was part of the bad of the weekend, to say the least. Good, bad, and ugly. Longhorns are 7-1. and one. They beat the uh, BYU Cougars 35-6. to Another one of those games where, um, you know, Rod, credit where credit is due. It's not always the prettiest for Texas, but they're really good in the fourth quarter. That was a, you know, off-season quest for the Longhorns to become better in the fourth quarter because they were terrible in the fourth quarter a year ago. They're really good. I mean, uh, you go game by game. They outscored case, uh, BYU 14-zip in the fourth, forced a couple more turnovers in the fourth quarter uh, with a strip sack fumble when the game was – I don't say in doubt. It just never felt like BYU was going to be able to challenge Texas's defense. But game, you know, with people on the scoreboard, it was you know within a few scores, and then turnover and turnover and touchdown, and it's thirty-five-six. So they're they're closing games, and the only one they haven't closed is the Oklahoma game, and that goes to one of your. You've said all morning that if Texas, you know, loses to K State, it'll be because of the be because of the red zone defense or the two minute defense, yeah. or the red zone offense or the two minute defense, or maybe a combination of both. Yeah, I mean that's why he lost the Oklahoma game, right? I mean. You know, I mean, we can go to the turnovers. Turnovers will probably be a third biggest factor for me for Texas. But Texas, you know, under Quinn, they were taking care of the football at Oklahoma game. They had those turnovers early on, and Quinn ended up having three in that contest. So, yeah, that was a huge factor um, as well. And then you got a young quarterback in Malik. So, if there's another factor I'd throw in there, yeah, turnovers would be one because he had two of those in his first start versus BYU, a very opportunistic defense. Um, but – you know, they, and I always say that, you know, once that's that's an, that's happenstance, right? Something happens once, it's happenstance or it's an outlier. Something happens twice, you can consider that maybe that's coincidence. Something happening twice, something happens three times, uh, that's a bit of a pattern, all right? Four times, that's a bit of a trend. Something happens five times, um, that's that's who you are, all right? That's, that's habitual. That's, that's you why are. I've started and, to say, Sark, and, just take your points, man. Yeah, take and the your reds, field yeah. goals. Red zone struggles, that's habitual. That's who they are. They just, so, your, so your advice, honestly, it, it's, it's sage advice uh, for Sark right now, considering we're way past the midway point, and you struggled against good defenses in the red zone, bad defenses in the red zone. Uh, and not only are they bad in the red zone, but they're bad in goal line and short yardage too, which are, by the way, two different things. Goal line and short yardage is a, is a different monster altogether. You can be good in short yardage and goal line and be bad in the red zone or be, uh, you know, good in the red zone and be bad in short yardage and goal line. It's possible to be good in, in those, uh, you know, uh, those – if you look at those factors, usually, you know, I don't think a team is bad at both of those. For Texas to be so talented and to have the big humans and to be the biggest O-line in the Big 12, to have multiple – NFL draft picks right now at the skill positions and not be able to score touchdowns in the red zone, 120th overall in touchdown percentage in the red zone right now, and also not to be able 
to get yardage and convert on short yardage game, short yardage and goal line situations. Yeah, that's if they're gonna lose a game, that's why they lose. That's why they're gonna lose the game. And if I am K State, I'm a, I'm already building my bend but don't break defensive game plan. Uh, I mean, if I can get Texas to punt in between the twenties, great. But I know that I can I can give a little bit in between the twenties. But once I get down inside the twenty, that's when Texas is at their most inept and incompetent, and that's when you can bow your back. Well, and if, if your quarterback turns the ball over twice in this game, you may not recover from it. And that's where you hope Malik Murphy got that out of his system. We expected maybe some mistakes against a very turnover, you know, forcing team, an opportunistic defense like BYU who was third in the country in turnover margin. They did force the two. One of them was kind of a panic throw by, by, by Malik. And then the fumble that they forced by bringing the jailhouse blitz on a, on a play-action play. Uh, and as we said, this is really the first game action for this kid since he's in high school. Mm-hmm. And we know people talk people, you, you know this because you went, did practice college and pro football. They don't hit the quarterback in practice. I mean, you're not allowed to hit the quarterback. Don't you come kick off the team. You get close to him, actually. <laughs> you get close to him, you get dog cussed. So, I mean, as much <laughs> as you can rep it, you just don't get hit. You don't get hit. And so all of a sudden he's getting hit. And, uh, you, oh, wow, well, we're getting hit again. <laughs> I'm playing football again, Rod. Mm-hmm. Been since I've been out in California playing high school football. So you hope he did because this is a this is a K State team. We got all week to preview them. They're very good. They they don't beat themselves. Those early, you know, they they lost a close game to Missouri in a, in a matchup. And Missouri's proven good to be team. a pretty good I'm team. I'm about to say Missouri's no there's no scrub. Missouri's now. 14th in the country yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And they lost to Missouri and at Oak State, which has proven to be a pretty good football team. team. Now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the common denominator both on the road. So if you're Texas, you can probably expect to be at home. Have the home crowd. This should be a close game, fourth quarter kind of game. I just mentioned Texas very good in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, these are these are all trends you like. Same time, if you can win this game with the remainder of your schedule, um, you know, Iowa State's the biggest surprise left. That game in Ames kind of yeah, lose. I agree. Then that's on the road. That's, that's on, on the a few actual real road games. Well, the other thing you like about the K State matchup is Texas is eight and two in their last ten against K State. Sarks never lost they to K State. To me, that I like that. I like that stat. I do. People keep bringing it up, and I love it. But also, the odds flip at one point because Chris Lyman is a good coach. He I mean, different if he wasn't a good coach. So we know he also knows that he's thinking, damn it, you mean I can win this damn league, but I can't beat Texas? Well, Tom Herman had ownership on him and they're them. And then, you know, the purple crimson came it's back. It's a stylistic to, thing, I think. Well, and, and Texas, you know, even in the 5-7 and seven season two years ago when they were terrible, they beat K-State. Beat them last year. Uh, now again, bat them at home. It's a, it's a, Remember, it's a, they, they they beat K State in twenty twenty one though. Remember their starting quarterback was hurt too. Yeah, uh, and that's and, and Sark was also dealing with quarterback injuries. And that's why Sark remember in twenty twenty one he just goes wildcat <laughs> with Rojo basically most of the game. Yeah. Which, honestly, it was one of the better offensive games I've ever seen him call because he was at his wit's end. He didn't have a lot of resources, but he knew I have to win this game. I have to find a way to put. To, I can't end this this. Uh, I believe if he ended that season on the losing streak, it would have been the long, longest such losing streak in the history of Texas football. Yeah. I believe it would be something crazy like that. And I was like, he don't want that record. So he brought out the Wildcat, and I thought it was one of the best games he ever called because, you know, uh, you know, they say necessity is the mother, uh, uh, you know, of invention. Uh, you know, I think that that was it for him. I think it was all about the necessity of that moment. And I think, you know, that's what essentially led him to get that win. And if they had – who was his quarterback? What's his name? He's playing for the Dolphins now. I can't think of his Skyler name. Howard. Skyler Howard. Skyler Thompson. Howard. Skyler Thompson. Thompson. Thank you for the – thank you for that. Um, 
yeah, I think that if he had Skylar Thompson time, maybe they win that game. And then the 2022 one, I mean, that was just a great coaching job by Sark. That was one of the most impressive wins of his tenure. Because they found a way to win it in the fourth quarter. Remember the defense made those plays, forced a fumble later on by Adrian Martinez? Yes, yes, yes. yes. That was a great win for Texas. On the road, by the way, and I've won on the road at K-State. That is not an easy place to go win a game. Uh, So, yeah, I, I think Sark's style and culture match up well with Chris Kleiman. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, one thing I do just worry about in this particular matchup is Chris Kleiman's got this game circled. You know he has because he can't beat Texas. He had beaten them since he's been there. Yeah. And he's a good coach. So he's had it circled for a while. I know he has. Well, and I think my argument for Sark would be, you know, you mentioned that Mac Brown sometimes – this is not to be – Sometimes Texas teams were were too soft against Bill Snyder teams. They Don't would get pushed around. Too, too, Don't not as physical. Yeah. Not as together. Yep. Uh, but you mentioned Tom Herman's teams were more physical. They were. He wanted the team. tough team, and they, so they matched up with K State well. Uh, the DNA of both programs. You know, I didn't think Tom Herman's teams were very well coached. Exactly. I don't think, I don't think they were very athletic in a lot of places. But at the same time, they, they were tough. They were tough. Well, I think Sark's putting a team together and a program together that's a little bit of both, right? It's very mm-hmm. tough and physical, not at the one-yard line. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in general, a physical, tough team. But they're also really talented and fast. Yep. And we saw that against – I mean, the number one thing that jumped off the screen against BYU within the first three minutes of the game, when the punt return happened, I was like, they, they are so slow. BYU is so slow compared to Texas. They were. And it's the exact same thing I saw, and it's one of the reasons we'll grade our picks coming up, that I picked Texas to cover the number. Is However it's going to happen – they're just so much faster. When I saw them play TCU, TCU was just athletically way too fast for BYU, foot, foot speed-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, not going fast like tempo, but foot speed. And Texas had has that in spades. So, I mean, it really um, favored Texas. And with that in mind, Rod, before we get to the burn orange curtain at the bottom of the hour, can I mention that Ty and I did go head-to-head five picks. That's right. Ty, congratulations, won the week again. I went three and two. I had Kansas plus nine and a half winner. They won the game outright. I had Wisconsin plus fourteen and a half winner. Then I had the Steelers at home. Remember my Mike Tomlin stat? Mm-hmm. Didn't work because oh, no. Jacksonville beat them by ten. Oh, and so that's a credit. That's oh, a, no. By the way, that, that you know every every bit every bet has a win winning side and a losing side, right? Yep. So that's why you shouldn't gamble. But. I, I went with the trend of Mike Tomlin being like 18-5-1 and one as a home underdog. Under the home dog. And I agree with you on that one. But that tells me a little bit more about Jacksonville, too, because Jacksonville's coming. Yes, they are. Because they went in there. It was nasty. It was cold. They're a Florida team playing in Pittsburgh. Yep. And they were good. I, I mean, they were that. good. There were some officiating issues in that game, but I lost that game. And, oh, actually, no, I went 4-1. and one. No, I, missed, I went 3-2 and because my other one I hit was Miami. I had the Miami Dolphins. They won by 14. Remember I had the Mac Jones stat? Mac Jones. About, but Mac Jones is 0-6 against the spread and on the field against the against uh, the Dolphins. But that also means Tua is 6-0 and against Bill Belichick. Hmm. Tua and the Dolphins. And Mike McDaniel owned the Dolphins. That's why. I mean, they own the Patriots. Yeah. How about that? Hmm. Uh, who would have thought? Uh, but so those were my three winners. My other, law, my other loser outside of the Steelers ride was Texas State. Oh, that's right. Damn it. Oh, yeah. Was it Troy? Who beat Troy. It was a close Damn game it. in the fourth quarter. It was 14-13. Yeah, I Troy, supported that one. That was a good pitch. Troy, it's okay, Troy, Troy erupted for like 14 <laughs> points in the fourth quarter and beat uh, Texas uh, State. I hate that for Bobcats. Yeah. But uh, Ty went 3-1 and, and a push. He hit Iowa State at Baylor because they, that's a good coaching job by Matt Campbell and Baylor. Golly. I mean, Dave Miranda, man. Skin ugly, man. I'm pretty sure that was off their bye week at home hosting Iowa State, and they they lost by double digits. Ooh. Bad. Uh, Ty also had Air Force, and Air Force is an 8-0 team now. 
Don't sleep on the Falcons. They're undefeated. I, I didn't, didn't realize that, actually. He also took props to Utah, the Denver Broncos. Remember he picked Denver, and I was like, what? They just played he two weeks ago. He did pick Denver. I'll give him props for that. What did you did. say? That one was based on the betting was all coming in on Kansas City. Is that right, Ty? Uh, like the, I think like 60% of the bets were on Kansas City, but like 80% of the money was on Denver plus seven. All right, yeah. Well, that was a, that, I watched a lot of that game. That was Sean Payton. I thought his team had quit on him. He had, they had. They played hard yesterday. They did. And they knew they were playing the Chiefs, and they hadn't beaten the Chiefs in eight years, and the, the streak was ended. And I, I, I leave that game thinking, Patrick Mahomes, he's playing with the flu in the first place. <laughs> I mean, he just you could Seriously. tell he was a little sluggish. Yeah, he didn't seem like himself. He's playing in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, gosh dang, you know, his team just lets him down. He threw a beautiful touchdown pass while the game was still in doubt uh, to Skyler Mo- Sky Moore, and he just dropped it. It was right over his shoulder. Ah, just dropped on, it in man. his hands. Uh, and then Miko Hardeman, who they just acquired, he he muffed a punt when they were about to get the ball back down inside a score. Oh, the um, receivers of Kansas City are just yeah. brutal. That's so disappointing. Yeah, man. And so, and you give you know the the, the Broncos had Javante Williams back, their big back, and he brought some physicality to their run game, and uh, they won that game outright. Um, and t- Ty was getting seven points. Your push, Ty, were the Jets and the Giants in that twenty-four punt game. You had the Jets minus three; they won by three, so that's a push. Jets playing. Uh, Jets are playing good football, and I don't know how. How'd you do on <laughs> How'd you do on your week, Ty, in general, not just on our on-air picks? Um, not too well. Not too well. I uh, I had the Chiefs. You didn't take your Cowboys. You didn't buy into your no, your pokes. I didn't bet. That on, was over by the first quarter. Didn't yeah, bet on any of my teams, including the Rangers or the Longhorns this weekend. Um, I had the I had the Broncos outright straight plus seven, so that worked out. But then I had a pretty big teaser with that had the Chiefs. You know, pretty much just a win minus one uh, six point teaser. So that was a that was, oh, that was, all you that needed was a W, and that was my biggest wager of the day um i know so. a guy who had the same thing going and he had the niners and all he needed the, the niners to do was beat the Bengals, and couldn't uh take away from the game the niners game is that uh uh take note rod joe burrow's back joe burrow's he healthy looks good. he looks healthy yeah he's moving around joe burrow remember remember since the game where jamar chase said i'm always open i'm always open he, damn he bought a chain a, a chain that says 7-eleven he bought a, a diamond open. piece of chain because he says, I'm always open. It literally said 7-Eleven on it. It's like the whole 7-Eleven little uh, emblem. It's great. Well, you know what's amazing awesome. about uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals? Remember, that was a that – I mean, didn't those two play in the Super Bowl recently? Was it the Niners and the Bengals? Or the Bengals played the, the Rams. The Bengals played the Rams. Rams, Rams yeah. my bad. Yeah, because they burnt Jalen Ramsey a couple of times. Well, I know what it is. The Niners played the Bengals in two Super Bowls in the 80s mm-hmm. with Bill Walsh. Yeah, uh, oh, Joe could, Montana. I could see that being a Super Bowl matchup this year. I believe some people picked that one, actually. Well, it could be. Obviously, the the, the Brock Purdy thing is, after all the wins, is now three straight losses. Uh, but the note, the takeaway from that is Cincinnati is in Burroughs' back. I think that's more than, you know, that some people are saying Niners are a fraud. They have lost three in a row, but uh, Joe Burrow being back changes everything. And here's my credit to their head coach, their staff, and Joe Burrow. They were able to go three and three while he was hurt. Yeah. That's important. And then have their bye week. And he came out this week and looked as good as he's looked. He threw for 283 and three touchdowns, only four incompletions against that defense, Rod. 28 wow. of 32. Yeah, that's impressive. And do you know that the Bengals have the lowest run rate, run to pass rate in the pro, in pro football? They, they run it few, less than any team in the league, and it's all on Joe Burrow. They don't. I mean, they they sometimes handed it to Joe Mixon. He had 87 yards and a touchdown on 16 carries. But man, it is all Burrow, all Burrow dropping all time, back baby. and making things happen. Yep. 
I mean, that that, that's why they love empty formation. They just they don't even oh, they don't even want to fake it. Like they have running back to back. It's like, nah, we just line up five wide, and we'll just let Joe Burrow figure it out. And if he decides he wants to run, extend the play, he can. If not, that's why he was getting sacked a lot too early on his career because they love empty. They'll decide you feast or famine because if he finds a guy open, there's a good chance he's man to man. And they got the three best Gruber wideouts potentially in the league. Well, and, and, of course, you know Jamar Chase is going to be his favorite, and he yeah. targeted him 12 times, hit him 10 times for 100 yards. And it's like your advice to the Cowboys with Dak Prescott, get it to C.D. Lamb. Just get it to him, dude. Force him the ball, y'all. Like, like Miami does with Tyreek Hill. They just keep giving it to him. Like, you can, you can try to bracket him. You can roll coverage. You're like, we're going to find another way to get our man the football. Keep on. You don't pay that much attention to him. We will keep, keep finding. That means you really fear him getting the football. That means we really need to well, get Rod, him the football. I mean, it's, <laughs> you, you, were the, you were the football theorist on this last week saying, look, you know, your run game's struggling, but the first thing you got to do is start force-feeding the ball to your best player, which is CeeDee Lamb. That's your identity. Because you know what yeah. will happen? Now you'll start – they'll start double-covering him. It's going to open other things up. Exactly. That's just right. the way that's going to go. Unless you, But if you don't force it, it that won't happen. Mm-hmm. And CeeDee had 14 targets, 12 catches, 158, Ooh. and two touchdowns yesterday. Man. Jake Ferguson had a beautiful catch for a touchdown, then did a pretty bad white man dance. Uh. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, Jake. Hey, who'd you tell me Jake Ferguson's dating? He's got a girlfriend that's some famous person, right? There, Ty? She's like an influencer? I think she was the basketball one of the twins oh, that played basketball right. at Miami. I think you're right about that. I think that's what he said, something like that. No, Jake Ferguson, remember Travis Kelsey, who is arguably the greatest tight end in NFL history and definitely the best in the league right now, he's a big Jake Ferguson fan. He has gone on the record multiple times talking about how much he likes Jake Ferguson. Is he a Ferguson. Cincinnati kid? I'm not – got to be because either that's either that's the connection, a hometown, or remember that tight end, like, club they have now, like tight end U? No, he went to Wisconsin, Jake Ferguson. Yeah, so right. I, I think they get social through that tight end U where they all – basically have, like, oh, it's a like conference. A camp. Yes, it's like a little tight end camp they have every year. And apparently Travis Kelsey became a huge Jake Ferguson fan in multiple quotes saying this guy's going to be a star. So we'll see. Yeah. He can be a star. Well, well, I would say that the last 15 targets Dak Prescott has for Jake Ferguson, he's completed all 15. 15 of 15. For his last 15 and targets. That touchdown purpose. was a great throw, that was man. That a beautiful throw. Uh, anticipated it. Uh, by the way, you mentioned Tua and the Dolphins. They beat the Patriots again. That was one of my picks. Uh, you, to your point, Tyreek Hill, how about this, Rod? Tyreek Hill, 13 targets, 8 catches, 112. Exactly. Jalen Waddle, 12 targets, 7 catches, 121 in a tutty. We're going to our guys, man. <laughs> That's we go, 25. We're going to our guys. You know what? I will let Sark has that mentality, too. Like, I'm going to my guys. So you can do what you want to do, but I'm going to my guys. 25 targets yeah. out of 45 throws to those two players. You would not deter me from throwing it to my guys. Nope. And he's right. I actually, like I said, I. But if you, you got to be creative enough to do it, you can't do it in a dumb way. Don't do it in a, a Meanwhile, way that the, uh, hurts your team. The Patriots were held to 218 total yards by that Vic Fangio defense in Miami. And, by the way, Jalen Ramsey's back, had a pick. And guess who plays the Chiefs off their loss this week? The Dolphins in Germany, Rod. Not good, in my opinion, for the Chiefs here just because with Jalen Ramsey back, remember, he moves around. The Rams used to use him as star, and they used him at nickel. Star being the, the nickel, and they used to use him at outside corner, of course, as well. They, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami puts him at a star position and has him moving around covering Travis Kelsey. If that is the case, and you have one of your best defenders being able to at least neutralize their best offensive weapon, the wide receiver room for the Kansas City Chiefs is one of the worst in the league. It's bad. Listen, I'm going to tell bad. you. I'm going to tell you. Uh, we talk about showdown Sunday in the uh, Big 12 on Saturday. We're already looking ahead. 
Holy cow. I mean, we know we have the World Series this week and uh, oh, yes. trade deadlines and Halloween. Some great NFL games. Well, Dolphins-Chiefs is 8.30 in the morning because mm-hmm. it's in Munich. Yep. And then noon you have, how about this, Seahawks at Ravens. Yep. Geno Smith against Baltimore. That's 5-3 and three against 6-2. and two. That's a hell of a game. The Bills got a big one too. Buffalo is playing uh, at Cincinnati on the that's, Sunday that's night big, game. Big. That's Burrow and Josh Allen. That's huge, man. Well, we know the last time those two played in a primetime game, DeMar Hamlin's situation you, happened. Yeah, that's right. And, of course, middle of the afternoon, 325 on Sunday, it's Eagles-Cowboys. Ooh. Eagles-Cowboys. That's, that's a pretty it. good day. Yeah. So make, a, make, make your, your plans ahead of time because we know on Saturday the Longhorns play K-State. The, the, there are five 4-1 teams in the Big 12 Conference right now. There's a five-way tie with a month to play. And Texas plays K-State. They're both 4-1. Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State. They're both 4-1. Iowa State's 4-1, and, and they host K-State, Kansas, who are 3-2. and two. So it's a marquee matchup yeah. weekend in the NFL Ooh. and college football. You need the clarity in the Big 12. This will be one of those weekends where you get a lot of clarity and some separation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, we find out uh, who's who, right? And yeah. You know, exactly if K State right. comes in here and beats Texas, you know they're a real contender. And we know that you know Texas obviously, if they lose this game versus K State, you know they they still got their Big Twelve hopes alive. But this may not be a college football championship caliber team that we thought they correct. Were. That's that those hopes. Well, but look, you still got your Big Twelve title hopes yeah, but alive. But that's been the conversation since the bye week. It's all in yeah. front of you, but you can't lose again, can't and lose you got to protect your home field, yep. which the Longhorns have an opportunity to do. Steve Sarkeesian, by the way, I think the, what are the Longhorns? What was their last home loss? I'm going to look it up. Uh, I thought I saw a stat on that. Oh, that is good. I'm trying to think. Uh, it's not Alabama, maybe. Yeah, last year, Alabama. Is it Alabama last I year? I think so. It might be because they, they had a close one. Sh- Iowa State last year was close. Yeah. <laughs> I lost. TCU. TCU last year. You're right about that. TCU last year. All right. Well, well, th- that's the opportunity for Texas. Yeah, but it gives, like that's the, that's the point. Look, whoever wins the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game is a real contender. The other one's, a, I don't want to say a fraud, but they're really not. They're a two-loss team now in the in the conference. If Texas, whoever wins the Texas K State game, they're right there. If Iowa State beats Kansas, that's now you're ooh. now you're getting really worried about that trip to Ames, Iowa, in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, man, it's a it's a rare Monday where we're talking about the, the game coming more than the game that just happened. But you know, Texas won thirty five to six with a backup big, quarterback. It's a bigger it, game. It's a huge. Oh, game. It's huge. I mean, this is like yeah, third biggest game of the season behind Bama, Oklahoma. This is it. Yeah. Hey, we come back. Well, maybe the biggest game of the year because you didn't win the Oklahoma game. That's true. The one the next, the had one you, in front of you. Had you lost the Alabama game and then won the Oklahoma game, that wouldn't make this one as big. This one is huge because you beat Alabama to give yourself the national credibility, but then you lost in late to Oklahoma. So now you got to come back and get this one. Yep. You can't lose it because yeah. it might derail you out of the Big 12. All right, we come back. We go behind the burn orange curtain. Rod will take us back and look at that BYU game. Complimentary win for Texas. Offense, defense, special teams, backup quarterback, rallying around one. Uh, we'll get that and what's popping before the end of the hour here in the fabulous fifth hour on a Monday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn.
Oh, Creed. Ty's trying to bring the Creed to the desert. Bringing the Creed to the desert for the Texas Rangers, who very well could be in an 0-2 hole in this series, if not for the heroics of uh, one Kyle Seeger. As uh, Big Poppy said in the postgame, the cookie monster got him a cookie. Because uh, Seawald, the closer for the Seattle Mariners, wanted that ball back as soon as he threw it. It's very similar. I, th I guess the book right now is that you can get Seeger up and in, uh, and you can get him to pop up. But uh, just like Christian Javier, the Astros tried to do in Game 7 of that series with Houston, tried to get up and in on a fastball, and Corey Seager just deposited it into the upper deck. Mm. It was unbelievable. What a scene that was. And then for El Bombe to walk it off. And earlier I said that was the first – I may have said this wrong. I said the first walk-off homer in the World Series. Joe Carter had a walk-off homer in the World Series. But uh, this was the first Game 1 walk-off homer game one. since Kirk Gibson back in 1988. And, of course, the A's went on to – or Dodgers wanted to sweep the A's in that series, but this will not be a sweep because the Baby Snakes, the Diamondbacks, came back and took game two. And can I give a – Ty, can you uh, – for, for all the Ranger fans, remember when I was making my rant during the Astros-Rangers series about mm -hmm. the umpiring rod? Oh, yeah. Umpiring? It's a good rant. It's a quality rant. Well, listen, what did I say? Get the damn calls right. Get it right. Do you realize the umpire, Quinn Walcott, on Saturday night in game two – he was the best umpire in baseball this year, by the way, by, by, by grade. As he had a correct call rate of almost 92% during the year, which is pretty damn good. That is good. During that game, he missed 12 calls. Wow. 10 went against the Rangers. Ooh. 10 of the 12. And these are big calls. I mean, there was one where uh, – It's a World Series. It's a World Damn Series, yeah. <laughs> big. Uh, there was one that in, even after the game that Martin Perez was still talking about where he thought he had a strikeout, it didn't get called, and then it led to two more runs. And it's just this, you've got to get these right. I, don't hate, I hate coming in and talking about umpiring. I really do. Or referees or officials, I hate that. I don't like doing that radio. But in these, in these spots, it's so big. Uh, it's so important. That is huge. And if you have the, the technology to get it right – God, at least for the playoffs. God, Lee, uh, if you don't want to use it for the regular season for whatever reason, umpires, unions, or whatever the hell, uh, sanctity of the human element or whatever, I don't know. But uh, get these calls right. It's, but um, yeah, It's just strange. I, I, I heard uh, it's a great point, too, that if you look at average age of different sports and the fan bases, average age, that if you look at the, the, the sports with the oldest average age of fan base, of their fan base, um, they are the, usually the slowest to be progressive and embrace technology. Yeah, that's probably right? true. You're talking about baseball, old fan base. Uh, what are you talking about? Hell, college football is a really old fan bases, right? Because they're alumni, old fan bases. So usually those are the slowest sports to embrace technology and to embrace change and progress. Uh, the sports, like the NBA embraces change all the time, right? So is the NFL. Younger fan bases, though. And, and pickleball, which we're watching right now. <laughs> pickleball. pickleball embraces change. We do that, uh, that on one of our screens here at the home headquarters. I will say this, though. Umpiring knows why the, the Diamondbacks banged out 16 hits in that game. This team can hit. Tommy Pham had four of those hits. Uh, um, you know, Corbin Carroll, the rookie of the year, had a couple of knocks and drove in two. This team will, will pepper you to death with, with hard, hit, hard hit balls. They just will. And uh, the Rangers, I mean, Jordan Montgomery had been their best pitcher here in the uh, postseason. He and Ivaldi. And Ivaldi got hit around. I mean, it was the, you, had to, you had to rally to win game one. So here's the advantage the Dimebacks have. They've already won a game in Texas, and they've shown they can hit the Rangers' best two pitchers. Uh, so that's one to watch. And tonight you've got uh, Max Scherzer, who you're unsure of at this point. 
Uh, where is he right now in his recovery, and where's his arm ability uh, facing uh, Brandon Fought? Brandon Fought. Fought. Uh, uh, who we who we could pronounce fat. Fought. Because he's fat. Fought the Lord. Brandon Fought. Fought. I like that. P-F-A-A-T. Mm. But he's a good pitcher. He's been lights out here in the postseason you mean like for them. Pretty hot and tempted. Huh? It's P H A A T. Is that how we spell his name? Yeah, I believe that's how we spell Fott's oh, name. Well, P- I'm saying the the fat is P H A T. So they got to come up with a nice little nickname for him, the Fott. Pretty hot and tempting. Maybe something if you're, else. If you're in Arlington and he's he's pitching, you get that Mike Gundy thing because he's fat. Because <laughs> he's fat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just play that over the loud, Tigger. No doubt. No uh, doubt. But Ty, Ty's confident. He's, he's got fat. his streak going. Yeah, exactly. Just keep playing that all the time. <laughs> it's not bad. He's fat. He's uh, fat. P-F-A. Actually, it's a P-F-A-A. It's P-F. Oh, okay. A-A. I thought you said P-H. No, P-F-A-A-D-T. D-T. Sorry. Okay, that's a really strange spelling, man. It's way far off from what I thought it so, was. So, fought. Yeah. He's on a different level. I don't even know what, what origin that is. I don't know either. Uh, what's popping coming up it's before the top right. of the hour, including uh, – picks tonight the sex panther pick of the night we got monday night football we've got nine nba games 11 hockey games it is the sports what did i call it the uh sports the equinox. equinox equinox sports equinox for the calendar year 2023 all four north american major north american sports are playing tonight full slates of games or at least a world series game or a monday night football game let's go behind the burn orange curtain talk some texas football and they were all asking themselves the same question what what is behind that curtain. All right. Uh, I'm talking about Texas versus BYU. Uh, interesting. Um, it's an interesting game from a lot of different, for a lot of different reasons. Defensively, there was nothing real interesting about the game. Special teams, Texas had the punt return touchdown. Obviously, offensively, a lot of talk about Malik Murphy and his performance. Um, we broke that down and uh, really and talked about the red zone concerns for Texas. I think we've been beating that dead horse. But let's talk about the defense a little bit. I don't think we gave the defense enough props because they really suffocated BYU. On the rewatch, there was nothing BYU could do consistently uh, that could threaten Texas. I think this is why you, start, you saw Steve Sarkeesian decide – to you know, go for it on fourth down in the red zone instead of taking the points with the field goals. I think based on his feel of the game, I think Sark was pretty confident that BYU, even if they did move the ball, it was going to take a borderline miracle for them to keep up with you in a shootout. Um, and try to threaten you in, in a shootout fashion. They just weren't going to do that. They're not built for it. And it really is because the Texas defense, they had a great game. Now, this this matchup for Texas was a favorable matchup. You know, you know, football games can often be like heavyweight fights. Fights are all about matchups, styles in fighting. And BYU's style did not match up well with Texas because they couldn't put the second-level defenders in conflict, uh, meaning the linebackers like Jalen Ford and Anthony Hill. Uh, those guys were in and David Bender, they were in constant conflict <laughs> in the Oklahoma game. They were in conflict a lot in the U of H game, and when those guys are in conflict, they don't drop to the proper depth uh, in their coverages and zone coverage, and oftentimes you can see them late to plays or half a step out of position on plays, especially when you're having to defend the dual threat running back or the uh, design runs by the quarterback. And that's what Texas had against U of H. That's what they had to do against Oklahoma. They did not have to worry about that against Keaton Slovis. 
guy wasn't going to run. He's pretty much a pocket passer, maybe some functional mobility, but that's about it. For the most part, Texas knew he was going to be a stationary target, and they teed off on him. I thought Texas actually blitzed uh, Keaton Slovis a lot on money downs. We're talking about it on third downs. I thought they actually came after him a little bit, and I'll throw this out there. I think the roll of the dice starting to pay off for PK. PK understands that if I'm going to get beat, and he may very well get beat, his safeties are susceptible uh, to vertical shots downfield. Uh, he's got some young corners out there playing with uh, you know young Malik Muhammad out there. Um, you got a young safety in Derek Williams. So with that being said, you may be vulnerable, susceptible in pass coverage. So I think now you're going to start seeing him blitz a lot more to speed up the internal clock of the opposing quarterback. And so his DBs aren't left out on an island for too long that they're at least putting the opposing quarterback under duress. If he's going to get the ball out, he's going to do it with somebody in his face. So four of the last five turnovers for Texas on defense, because they've gotten five in the last two games, have actually come on blitzes. Uh, they're both Taft interceptions, uh, you got that came on blitzes. Remember the Terrence Brooks interception also comes on a blitz because Jay Barron is blitzing, but then decides to stop his blitz midway because the ball's Hell coming out. And then he jumps, goes airborne to get a hand on it and tip the football. That was that's going to be on his draft highlight reel. There's no doubt. That was a it, told, it, it really just sums up his football skill set in a nutshell. He's got great instincts, awareness overall, eyes on the quarterback, affecting the play. Just so many good things about that play for Jaday Barron. Um, but before the five. Takeaways, Texas has last two games, E, have come on blitzes. Now, I know some Longhorn fans have been saying, man, when Texas is getting beat, when they blitz, they do. They also get beat when they rush three. They get beat when they rush four. So my, I, I think the mindset for PK is I'm going to get beat regardless. I'm going to be – if I get beat being the aggressor, I got less of a problem with that than getting beat with, by playing on my heels and being conservative. So I think that's why since the Oklahoma game, U of H game, I saw them blitz a little bit more. I think you're going to see them blitz a little bit more in this game. And I wouldn't be surprised if they try to light up a young Avery Johnson when he's in there or light up Will Howard to turn Will the thrill into Will spill the pill because he's still in there. They got two of them. And this becomes a a, a great matchup because you just said it. Uh, Styles make fights, and this wasn't a good fight for BYU. No. Uh, but, you know, any team that can put the Longhorn linebackers in conflict have had success, and this team will be able to with yes. all the play action and the uh, motion that they use and then the quarterback run game with the right, you know, running back run game. And I gave you a stat during the break, and it's one we'll break down as the week goes on, Rod. But K-State leads the Big 12 in third down conversion percentage at 55%. They stay on the field, Rod. Yep. And they, you know, Texas leads the Big 12 in, in defensive get off percentage right 27 yeah. percent so this is a that that probably will be the tail of the tape in this game something's got to give something's got to give in that one but uh looking forward to it there's rods behind the burn orange curtain it's good stuff we'll hear from sark today at 11 o'clock rod that's right i'm excited about that i'm sure he'll be asked about quinn yours and where he is of course he was listed as week to week uh it was interesting to see quinn on the sidelines without a sling on he was you know he, he didn't he did uh what was it when I saw his arm? He, he had to use his left arm to do the eyes of Texas oh, so that's after the good, game. Not a good sign. <laughs> he did the left arm. Not a good sign. For the eyes of Texas after the ball yeah. game. I think you go into this week with, you know, the uh, – Sark anyway, with the mindset, worst-case scenario, which means you get your backup prepared to play. If the trainers are telling you by midweek, hey, man, we think Quinn might be ready to go, 
then you got first world problems. You got your backup ready to go, and you got a veteran that also can be an option for you. Whether you want to go with the veteran, then put the young buck in, or put the young buck in, see if he melts down, put the veteran back in there, whatever you want to do. Uh, but yeah, you got to go into this week with the mindset that the, your starter is going to be Malik Murphy. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion. Well, and we, you know, we were doing the On Texas Football YouTube channel in game watch along. A lot of people asking why not Arch, why not Arch in the fourth quarter. Look, I don't think, in my opinion at the time was, I don't think he's worried about burning the red shirt because I don't think no. Arch Man is going to be here long enough to worry about a red shirt. Uh, but I also don't think he wanted to put Arch in and just hand the ball off because that's really what they were doing at the time. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was. It was 35-6. to six. Mm-hmm. You know, Malik can do that. Um, you know, we're not, we, we, he needs to get in when he can run the offense and not just bleed the clock. Uh, that doesn't do much for him. But either way, he didn't get on the field. Uh, he still hasn't gotten on the field, and so we'll see what comes up this week. Hey, coming back, it's what's popping, uh, plenty of popping. As we said, there's also another game tonight that you can be a part of that's not a part of the sports uh, equinox that's going on around the four major North American sports. We'll get you details on that coming back. It is Longhorn-related, of course. It's also the anniversary of a world-famous or all-time famous rant-slash-coaches quote, Rod, oh, that yeah. we got to get to as well. Talk about with Ian Rodby. <laughs> What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that. The pick of the day is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks when you use promo code HORN. All right, it is the uh, sports equinox, as we mentioned. So sports are popping tonight on this uh, second to last day of October. We've got NFL with the Monday Night Football matchup. Into guys of the NFL world on Motown for Lions Raiders. Uh, Rod, you were saying you're seeing everywhere that uh, Jimmy G is going to go ahead and play. Yeah, I did see he's good to go for Monday night football game. So uh, hopefully um, that means uh, the Raiders can uh, show up because I want to see a good game. Yeah, me too. With uh, Josh Jacobs and what's Devontae Adams. Of course, he's played a lot of games in Detroit when it's he's time been complaining Green Bay. about a little bit too. Hey, for a trade, trade deadline. deadline's tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Yeah, he so. said he wants some more targets, and he ain't getting as many as he wants. Throwing it out there. A lot of parity in this league right now. There's one 7-1 and one team. There are four 6-2 and two teams. Uh, you know, it's, it's wide open. You wonder if someone makes a, a, a big deal to mm-hmm. maybe tip the scales a little bit. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, I keep thinking when I see Devontae Adams, I think of the Chiefs, but I'm like, there's no way Mark Davis is trading him in the division to the no way. to the Bronco or mm-hmm. to the Chiefs. Or, that would make them too good. That Mike Evans move would just seem too – it just seems – makes too much sense from Tampa to Kansas City. Agreed. And that's right. by tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So the trade deadline popping in addition to Lions and um, Lions and Raiders tonight. Also, the NBA, they got nine games, I believe, and it does include the, uh, the Mavericks. So Dallas – most Dallas sports fans will be looking at the Ranger game at Arizona, but the Mavericks play at Memphis tonight against the Grizz. Of course, the uh, the World Series is tonight, game number three. We just previewed that with the pitching matchup of Max Scherzer and Brandon Fought. Uh, Ty, do you have a Sex Panther pick of the night, my friend? Sex Panther pick of the night? Give it to him. Um, I think I'm going to go with Detroit minus seven and a half. I think they bounce back from a ass-whooping at the hands of the Ravens last week, and yeah, the Raiders smoked in that game. Uh, just don't trust Jimmy G at all, especially in primetime. I don't either. Uh, Jared Goff, I mean – the Lions are a you know, two-loss team, but you know one loss was at Baltimore. One loss was uh, 
where else did they lose a ball game? Uh, it was it was a hard fought game, if memory serves. But uh, Lions are the real deal in my mind. Uh, we shall see. But I, I don't seven and a half. Anytime you see seven and a half out of Vegas, Rod, that's a that's a scary number. That's kind of a trap number from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the I think the Lions win the game. Will they cover seven and a half? We'll see. We'll see that that hook is is concerning. It depends on how Jimmy G looks. Honestly, it does. It yeah, does. That's a big part of it. It does. And what? How bad is Josh McDaniel, or how good, decent can Josh McDaniel be? Because he doesn't coach very well in my mind. Uh, Dan Campbell's got to get his team back up because they got flattened in Baltimore last week. Uh, all right, Rod, also on uh, what's popping, how about this? This was uh, 2002, so 21 years ago. This oh. day, October 30. Oh, two, man. That was about- at, a, at a midweek press conference about the team starting two and five. Another one of the famous all-time uh, post-game rants. From our man, Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards, 21 years ago today. It's called being a professional. And they're, they're going to do that. See, you don't quit it. And you don't quit in sports. You retire. You don't get to quit. It's not an option. See, this is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello, you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Because it matters. This whole conversation bothers me. (laughs) <laughs> you play to win the game. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I love it. Basically, it was like a rhetorical question. Hello. Oh, that was fantastic. That really was. 21 years ago today, Herm Edwards. Uh, I, 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 sometimes I want I – gotta, I got to go back and do some research. I want to know what the question is that really gets the coach on the rant. Because it's usually like oh, one question. I think question. in that case they were two and five and the idea of – Because sometimes it's a smart aleck comment or a question. I think it, it usually – I think it was surrounding something like should you be playing your young quarterback or, you know, you're two and five, you're not yeah. going anywhere. Oh, no, great. we play to win the game. <laughs> Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> you don't play, just play it. Well, okay. they'll play an exhibition game tonight. If you want to see your first glimpse of this Longhorn basketball team, Rodney Terry and his squad, uh, that's popping tonight. They'll be playing at the Moody Center. I think Ty said he was going to head on over there. Ty, uh, it's free 99. I, I forgot that I, I need to – I obviously have to watch the Rangers. So you got a World Series game. Uh, I know. Yeah, this know. is bad timing for Texas basketball. I, I appreciate Rodney. I know they just – you know, when the Moody Center was available and all this stuff, but – and they wanted to play. I, can I give Rodney Terry some, some what's popping props for playing his alma mater? My alma mater. Mm-hmm. Uh, the St. Edwards Hilltoppers, Go Goats. My man Andre Cook, who's in his uh, fifth year. I know he's in his 13th year down there at St. Ed's. done a heck of a job. He wins about 60% of his games there. He's got a good, good program. It's not bad. Uh, and I would also tell you that when Rodney Terry was playing at St. Edwards as a point guard back in the day, he was the uh, – do you know that Rodney Terry was the – the big state conference. The big state conference. The big state. <laughs> uh, he led them to the big state conference title during his 86-87 campaign. Also a captain, junior and senior years. And then he started his coaching career at St. Edwards before moving over to Bowie High School where he coached alongside Zay's Isaiah Pops. Collier's dad, yeah. Coach Collier. Yeah. So, yeah. And so when I first got to St. Edwards in the early 90s, uh, I don't say Rodney was a legend, but he's a well-known person on campus, a good guy. 
you know, since he was coaching there, you'd see him at, you know, parties and whatnot. A lot of my friends were older guys, hmm. and uh, Rodney would be around. Just a good dude. And to play in St. Ed's, that's pretty cool. And then they open their season November the 6th right against Incarnate Work, who, you know, okay. I know Coach knows this because when you were playing in the big state conference back in the day, Incarnate Word was a big – that was your rival. Oh, okay. Yeah, St. Ed's rivals are St. Mary's and Incarnate Word. I didn't realize that. Yeah, St. Ed's, St. Mary's is always a big rivalry down in San Antonio, and then Incarnate Word. The University of the Incarnate Word, Rod. University uh, of the Incarnate, Incarnate Word. Yes. What is their actual physical mascot? Are the Cardinals? Well, I'm talking about for the Incarnate Word. Is it the, is it Cardinals? Like what do they? I'm about like they. What is their version of Hook'em? Like their actual. Oh. Like it's the probably one. like Father, Son, Holy Ghost or something. Is it, <laughs> <laughs> is it like just like a, yeah? I'm just I'm, I'm wondering. I'm I'm curious because the Incarnate Word. The. Like, University. No, it's, it's okay. University of, of the Incarnate Word is what yeah. it is. Uh, they so are. The, remember the Word of God should be the that, mascot. That is a, it's a Catholic school, obviously, much like St. Edward's is. Yeah. Holy Cross Brothers over there at St. Ed's. Uh, good one. Yeah, that's the first actual game that counts. This game is an exhibition, so uh, got a lot to choose from tonight. Popping. Hey, t- well, we'll talk about this tomorrow, but be thinking about it, Rod. It's Halloween. What's your favorite Halloween candy? What's the? Oh, it's easy. I'll give you that tomorrow. That's easy. Easy? Easy. Rod, do you have a favorite Halloween candy? Me, me? Ty? Yes, nah, you. I, I don't really like candy. No? You don't like candy? Mm-mm. I'm an ice what cream is man. What's wrong with you? Oh, ice cream. Nice. Well, you do like a drumstick or something. I like having peanut M&M's. sandwich in your bag. Peanut M&M's. Peanut M&M's. Right. That's well, not bad. We'll have some Halloween chatter tomorrow. That'll be the final day of the month. It'll be trade deadline day in the NFL. We'll obviously know where the World Series is sitting after three games. That's right. And we've got uh, Monday Night Football to recap tomorrow. And, yes. Boy, we've already been through it on a Monday, Rod. Huge Saturday of college football coming. Huge yes, Sunday of NFL. Longhorns in Texas and K-State. Cowboys and Eagles. Just part of a great weekend that's on tap. So we're looking forward to that. Thank you, Rod, for joining me in the home studio. Thank you, brother. It was awesome as always. Safe travels home. Stay warm out there. It's cold. Yes, it's windy. The wind is gusting. Uh, we'll do it tomorrow. If you missed any part of today's Monday edition, it's all podcast at hornfm.com. Jim Rome is next.